Hi guys, I was asked a question recently if my second advanced training program is a modification of 531 by Jim Wendler. And so as I'm answering that question, I figured it would also give me a chance to go a little more in depth about this training program because it is a quite complicated training program. And I purposely omitted some of these detail, details uh, when I was presenting it in my book because I was afraid that I was going to lose readers with all of the theory, but at the same time, those of you who are very passionate about training methodology might find this discussion interesting and even educating in a way. So if you're not familiar with ATP2, its full description is in my book Big and Strong Without Steroid that is available on Amazon. Now for those of you who live in the parts of the world where Amazon is not available, I have an announcement today because a fully updated version of that book is now available on iBooks and Google Play. So if you guys are watching this video on smartphone, either Android or iPhone, you have uh, complete access to that material. Now that book contains 11 of my favorite and most effective training programs that I've designed in the past almost three decades. And so today, Obviously, we're going to be focusing on one of them more specifically, but uh, you have to understand that every single one of those training programs had, has a history, and I did not write any of them just for the book itself. All of them were developed over periods of years, and in, when it comes to ATP2, this one probably took the longest to develop because I think I made the final modification to this training program in 2018. So. I think uh, it comes down to almost two decades. That's how long it took uh, for me to, to create this training program. And so today, we're gonna be talking about how some of those modifications came around. In the core of ATP2 is an old squat routine designed by the renowned USSR Olympic weightlifting coach, Alexei Medvedev. And I think here in the West, that program is known as a yearbook program. But before we go into any of that, let me just say a few words about USSR Olympic weightlifting because I hear a lot of strange things here in the West about USSR Olympic weightlifting while it's very obvious that most people have no idea what they're talking about. No idea. Zip. None. And so the narrative that you most commonly will hear is that it was top to bottom system and it was all about gold medals and nobody cared about what's best for individual athletes and so on and so forth. And although there is definitely some truth to that, but at the same time we'll have to admit that that applies to any Olympic team ever. So for example, let's take USA Olympic team. And how many of us really know about all the athletes that are competing for a spot on the team in wrestling or track or swimming or anything else? And unless you are a hardcore fan in any of those fields, we don't really care about any of that. And at the end of the day, all we're really going to care about if we got more gold medals at the Olympic Games than China and Russia, for example. And it was very similar back in USSR. But at the same time, each individual athlete wanted to be that gold medalist. And each coach wanted his athlete to be that gold medalist. So there was a still competition between all these athletes going on. But at the same time, there was a collaboration between all the coaches in an attempt to figure out what works the best. And so while they were observing these thousands of athletes in different weight classes and of different qualifications, they were able to establish these optimum ranges of different training variables. 
And now each coach had access to that data while designing training program for their individual athletes. And so they no longer had to shoot fish in a barrel. And this is why I believe USSR Olympic weightlifting was so ahead of the game back in the day. And I'm sure it, was, it wasn't only because they were the only ones taking steroids. But I think the reason why a lot of people in the West like to reject that is because that sort of implies that there are still rules when it comes to resistance training. And here in the West, we like more this narrative where everybody's this special snowflake and you have to figure out what works best for you based on your intuition and so on and so forth. But although I'm not saying that you shouldn't be able to do whatever you want at the gym, but at the same time, we also have to admit that there are training methods that are more effective and there are training methods that are less effective. And I think at the end of the day, it all comes down to misunderstanding of what individualization of training really is. And I think a lot of people take it as just doing whatever they feel like. But unfortunately, as you become more and more advanced, you have fewer and fewer choices of what actually works. And that's why I tell people that you shouldn't look at individualization of training as reinventing the wheel. And think of it more as if you bought a car and now you're trying to adjust your seat to what's most comfortable, you're adjusting your wheel, you're adjusting your mirrors and so on. You don't just take the car apart and now try to build a helicopter out of it. That's not individualization. That is just a waste of your time for the most part. And if you read my book, you probably uh, remember that I said that as you become more advanced, individualization becomes more and more important. But that does not mean that the rules don't apply to you anymore. And so hopefully, as I'm covering this material here today, you guys will see what I mean by a proper application of individualization of training. So let me first talk about the squat routine and then I'll explain how I modified it for the ATP2. So, as the name implies, this training program was designed to improve one repetition maximum in squats. And the whole training cycle consisted of 18 training sessions, which means that if you're doing squats twice a week, the whole program will take you nine weeks. And so, in our example, we're going to say that we're doing squats on Monday and Friday. Now, as you might have noticed, the first, during the first half of this training program, we're using the same weight. And while we're using the same weight, the volume is... Uh, constantly increasing. So in the modern terms, this is something that we would call accumulation block of training or volumization phase of training. And as you see on the first training session of this training program, we are doing six sets of two reps with 75% or one repetition maximum. And I think most of us would, would agree that that is a very easy day. And that day remains constant throughout this training program, which means that out of the two training sessions that you do in squats per week, one is technically a light day. And majority of the hard work during this training program would, will be done on Friday in our example. So on Friday of week one, you're doing six sets of three. Uh, week two, you're doing six sets of four. Of uh, Week three, you're doing six sets of five. And on week four, you finally reach the peak of your volume when you do six sets of six reps with 75% of your one repetition maximum. And this is when you are switching to re the realization block of training or intensification phase. And so this is when the volume will start to decrease 
and the intensity will start to increase. So on Friday or week five, you're doing five sets of five reps with 80% of one repetition maximum. On Friday or week six, you're doing four sets of four reps with 85% of one repetition maximum. And uh, on Friday or week seven, you're doing three sets of three reps with 90%. On Friday or week eight, you're doing two sets of two reps with 95%. And then finally, on Friday or week nine, you max out and hopefully try setting a new PR in your squats. And I hope you guys are able to recognize what a true beauty this really is and how different this training program is pretty much from anything else. And so, for example, traditional way of structuring your training cycle in resistance training is something like this, where you're moving from high volume, low intensity, to low volume, high intensity. And unfortunately, this has some holes in it. So just imagine that you are stacking cycles like this back to back, and you just finish your first training cycle by maxing out in squats. And now you're doing your little deload, and now you are back to day one for the following training cycle. And now you are doing five sets of 12 reps. So even if this is done with very light weight, you should still be able to see how this will be quite a shock for your body considering that you haven't been exposed to such high volume in quite some time now, which is obviously a big difference between these two approaches of structuring your training. And the second problem with this type of programming is that it's not very obvious to see which part of the training cycle is really supposed to enable you to make progress at the end of it. So basically what you have to do is to make sure that all of these training sessions are some way harder than the same training sessions that you did during the previous training cycle. And while doing it, you also have to ensure that you don't burn yourself out during any of these training sessions, which is obviously very, very tricky at the advanced level. And obviously this is a great contrast to this training program where it's very easy to see how things are supposed to flow and it's also very clear why you are expected to make progress at the end of the training program. So this is the good part about this training program so far, but unfortunately it's also not perfect. And this is why in fact I had to implement various modifications. And number one problem with this training program is that these numbers of sets and reps will not always work out as nicely for the assigned percentages of one repetition maximum as prescribed here, especially as you are getting closer to the finish line. And this is why when I was using this template for the ATP2, I completely removed all these percentages and substituted some of these workouts with repetition maximums. Removing percentages of one repetition maximum makes things a lot more flexible because now you can select all these weights based on your particular circumstances. So for example, maybe heavier and older athletes might feel that for the accumulation phase, 65% of one repetition maximum will be the most appropriate. While younger and smaller athletes might feel that 75% is completely fine. And the same goes for repetition maximum days because these are not really true repetition maximum days because remember that at this point all we're trying to do is just to facilitate recovery and as we, as we are recovering we just want to touch slightly heavier weight at each training session so this way it won't be such a huge jump from us just working with something like 75% of one repetition maximum straight to one repetition maximum 
So it's very important not to overdo any of this because maybe you feel very good on, on your three repetition maximum day and you want to go for your new PR, but now because of all that effort, you have another dip in your recovery and although maybe you set a new PR in three repetition maximum, but because of it, now you're not going to recover on time and miss the peak. And so the point here is that this flexibility also comes with the cost because now it's on you to make this work. And now you're going to have to select the, the weights for all these training sessions according to your age, according to your body weight, according to how good you are with your diet, with your sleep and so on and so forth. Which is in my opinion what proper individualization of training is all about in the first place. Now the second modification that I did to this training program is that I removed weeks 6 and 8 completely. And that accomplishes two things. So number one, it makes training program a little shorter, which, I, which is what I personally prefer. And number two, it minimizes the time that we spend in the hot tub when we are working with the weights that are too close to one repetition maximum. And the last modification that I'm going to discuss here is that I remove the light day of week two. And the reason for that is that you don't really need a light day after performing six sets of three reps with the weight that is something like 75% of your one repetition maximum on the prior week. But a more important thing that ends up happening when we do it is that now these three training sessions fall on Mondays instead of Fridays. And as I'm doing this, I'm still keeping these three training sessions on Friday. And so basically what happens is that we get a wider gap between these two training sessions. So instead of getting seven days, seven days to recover between them, you now get 11. And you're going to appreciate those extra few, few days to recover if you actually decide to try this training program because this really is a very high volume day for a drug-free athlete. And so after all those modifications, this is what we end up with. And I do understand how this part right here sort of resembles 531 by Jim Wendler, but hopefully I made it pretty clear that it has nothing to do with that training program. And I do understand that this was on the very advanced side of things and might not necessarily be applicable for a lot of you guys, but at the same time I feel like there's almost nothing out there for an advanced drug-free athlete. Aside from my own training programs, I cannot think of a single training program that I would sign off on for an advanced drug-free athlete. And so hopefully this was helpful. And of course, if you want more information like that, don't forget to check out my books. Now, if there are still further questions on this topic, or maybe if you have ideas for the future video, of course, you can put them in the comment or you can make a post on the Big and Strong Without Steroids a Facebook forum I recently started. But otherwise, this is all I have for you guys for today. So please don't forget to like the video. Please don't forget to subscribe to the channel. And thank you for stopping by and I'll see you guys next time.